Shut up, Tom. This is the Bad Pipes Podcast. Today, it's me and Scott, and also with us is our friend Tom. Local interloper. Tom is here. Local um, interloper. I thought we were just a podcast hosted by Two Wise Trees. What? <laughs> did you not? Did you not catch that in Barbie? When no. the uh, there, there's a there's literally a part with like the the corporate dudes and like I, I, there's just a line where one of the guys is like. He, he just said something about a podcast hosted by two wise trees. Oh, and I was like, yeah, we're the Barbie movie endorsed podcast of uh, a yeah. podcast hosted by I, two wise trees. I, I was, I was going to say we, now's the time for a rebrand. <laughs> so <laughs> two wise trees, two wise trees, the two wise trees shooting stars overnight to visit them. All right. Hey, so girls. news before we get into uh, Barbie and talking about Fury Road. Um, news, uh, Games Workshop, their financial report was recently, and uh, in it, I got a quote that I pulled here. They mentioned the quote, the soon-to-be-released Warhammer the Old World, end quote. Uh, so people are uh, expecting a soft launch of it in either October or November, mm-hmm. and to launch it, it's going to be that fabled Tomb Kings versus Bretonia box set, like one of those starter boxes that they do. Um, and then after that, they're expecting more in January and they're kind of expecting either orcs versus empire or orcs versus dwarfs. So that's so kind what? of interesting. If you're not familiar with the old world stuff, uh, most people don't like AOS because the lore, uh, is unapproachable. <laughs> um, and with the success of things like, uh, total war Warhammer and Vermintide and those sorts of things, I think there was just they thought there was enough space to do an old world version. So this is supposed to be taking place in the lore about 300 years before the end times, which in the lore is whenever Magnus the Pious was repelling the last chaos incursion. Um, right. So yeah, that's something. If you like kind of the, the more classic, like, uh, old world models. Um, it should have a lot of those just updated. So it's Fair just War, it's just updated Warhammer Fantasy. That's basically it. Yeah, I can dig it. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of I'm excited to see the models, but with the the way GW has been pricing their stuff, I'm like, uh, that's that was honestly what I was gonna ask. I'm like, yeah, what's the price point? Two hundred dollars for the starter set? Gee whiz, gotta buy my own yeah. paint, sweet. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if you're a hobby guy, then you already got the paints. You know what I'm saying? You do. You got the paints. Listen, I go to Hobby Lobby. I don't buy nothing. <laughs> I'm a Hobby Plus, Lobby window shopper. If you're an Empire guy, you only need four paints anyway. Black, Absol- white, red, and flesh tone. Absolutely. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of purple if you're feeling crazy. And that's that's, wild. My, that's uh, my commander. You buy <laughs> you buy a, uh, a metallic and you're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just paint their weapons black and then edge highlight them gray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, they look sick. They look... Mm. That's some yeah. sick-ass Empire shoes, dog. So something else has come out recently is actually some 40k news. They're killing off firstborn space marines. They're dropping all the non-primary space marine model lines. What they ever do? 
What do you think about that? Really? Uh... Yeah. They are being relegated to legacy, which means that they are not uh, tournament legal. Ew, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. This would, this would be like the first time 40Ks ever really had something like that, right? Yeah, because even the old... Uh, oh, what was the first edition? Um, Rogue Trader models. The Space Marine models from that you could use as Firstborn Marines because that's what they are. Hmm. But since they're getting rid of all that and they're going to all Primaris, gone. What is the reasoning? Uh, I assume they want people to buy more Primaris models. Cool. And so that the, the Space Marine Codex only has to be like half as thick. All right, listen, dude, I'm just switching to Star Wars Legions and you can't stop me. We already been we already been switched over. Whatever, Greg. <laughs> I saw, I saw the, hell no, I saw the, so I saw that Legions was releasing a Clone Wars set, and I'm like, oh goody, all I need is, you know, a little bit of white, black, and uh, red or yellow. Dude, that's been two or three years now. Dude, whatever, man. Even, (laughs) even the phase ones? Uh, I think phase ones, are they not phase ones in the starter box? I just, I saw them on Amazon like a week ago. Ah. And I was. Oh yeah, bud. And I was thinking about it, just because uh, if that was a mini, if a min, if I was going to invest in a miniatures, it would probably be Star Wars, just because. I mean, tell brand me, baby. As a guy that owns a bunch now, I mean they're cool and they're good quality miniatures. They look mm-hmm. good and they look good painted too. And as soon as I saw the clones, little eight-year-old me had a little Aspie attack and was like, "You gotta collect them all, different colors." Yeah. And then um, we actually had a friend that was trying to paint them in the uh, Gindy Tartakovsky Clone Wars color schemes. Oh, that would be sweet. And they look cool when they're painted like that. So Yeah, even like tried to be stylized in that way, sort of. Yeah. Well, it used to be that it was like specialist designations got colors, whereas mm-hmm. now with the Filoniverse stuff, it's regimental colors. Yep. Yep. I, I remember... I had must have had the shower thought like a week ago on how cool it was that like the colors kind of meant like you were somebody like you were a gunner maybe or a sniper. Yeah, it was like you're an arc trooper, so you get like red pauldron, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense whenever things move to the empire stuff and the higher yeah. ranked people have colored pauldrons. Yep. yep. Yeah. Look, sir, droids. He reports to the dude with the pauldrons. <laughs> yeah. Or even with uh, shore troopers, the different color markings designate what their rank and specialist is. Yeah. It's like uh, if you're watching Rogue One and you see one of them with like all red, that's a designated char- sharpshooter. Yeah, de- definitely lack that clones got color designation for rank eventually instead of, I don't know, like stars or just any normal army would have an insignia, I guess. Yeah. Or even if you play the earlier Battlefront games, the mm-hmm. clones have the, like, depending on which archetype character you're using, they got, like, the different colors. Like, the the jump pack troopers for clones had, like, the green, if I remember right. I think the sharpshooter in there had red. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Demolitions experts were that, like, deep blue, almost purplish. Um, yeah. And like I, I kind of preferred that because it, it made more sense than like once they started to introduce the oh these are how the clones, these are how the clones show their individualism and it's mm-hmm. like, 
-hmm. I like the idea of it, but it ends up. Well, it gets weird because that is, that's exactly what the clones weren't about. Like the clones were supposed to be a single sort of entity unit. Yeah. A face, a face, faceless soldiers. When, when the soldiers are faceless, they're scary. Yeah. I mean, precursor to the empire. (laughs) Yeah. Like an overwhelming wall of white, you know, or that steady stomp of the the AT-ATs. It's supposed to like have that idea of like oppressive aggression. Yep. I was just about to say, wow, we're about to be oppressed. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That will be fine as long as they don't have giant robot camels. Yeah. I mean, that's all I really got for news though, until we get into budget and box office for Barbenheimer. So did you guys have anything else you want to bring up there? No. All right. I don't think I really had any news or anything. So. I saw Barbie. I also saw Barbie. Scott saw Barbie. I'm waiting to double feature Tom. (laughs) Do you have any questions about Barbie? How much did you laugh at it? Like, is it actually as funny as I think it should be? Like, is it laughing at itself the whole time? Because it better be. Uh, how many times did I look? Or like just a smile? Uh, yeah, I, you got a few, I say quite a few you smiles. You could probably count on one hand. Really? Yeah, and most of it was Ryan Gosling. I could, I can believe that. I can definitely believe that. Because like, uh, I can't think of too many like Margot Robbie moments where I laughed. Because a lot of her character is more of like the emotional side of things. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I think a lot of it. it I think part of the reason is like Ken's whole storyline is definitely like uh, pointing at the like. It, it's just kind of ridiculous where he like goes, you know, get, getting into what happens in the movie. Uh, like goes to the real world, finds out about patriarchy, and then brings it back. And then it's kind of like this is this is so like over the but top it's ridiculous. Like a cartoon like harmless version of it, which is what's yeah, so yeah. like it's, ends up it, being funny about it. it you know, well because it's like the whole like horse thing. He's just like yeah, horses, and it's like what? <laughs> it's about horses and uh, like Horse. respect, right? Yeah. Is like kind of what his idea was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think one of the parts that uh, I caught myself like smiling or laughing at is the um, them that like like the him him just like getting obsessed with the song like the the song Push by Matchbox Twenty and then just like uh, the 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 whole like scene of all of the Kens like on the beach on the beach all like right <laughs> next to each other yeah yeah all all like you know in unison playing the song um, I just I thought that was pretty funny. I will say my whole theater when when the Ken song started, where he's like, "I'm Ken and I'm enough," you know, whatever the name of that song is. Um, I think it's just I'm I'm Ken. Yeah, and he's like shirtless on the bed with his like forehead on his hand, like the thinker, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the the theater definitely liked that moment the most. Uh, really? As far as like most like outward expression you know um i also that whole song that whole number was like the highlight of the movie in my opinion um 
I I 100% agree. That was my absolute favorite part. That is the part where I sat there and I went, Ryan Gosling is so fucking talented. <laughs> For real. <laughs> I like just watching that entire number, like his singing, like the choreography. I was like, damn. Well, have you seen La La Land? I haven't, no. Yeah, he's, yeah, I've seen it. He's really good in La La Land as well. A lot of dancing, a lot of singing. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, I've, of... I've heard it's a good movie. Mm hmm. It is good. It's a little I, depressing. I had no clue it was a... It, it was a... Um, musical? A musical? Yeah. Because it is. It is, but it isn't, but it is. Mm -hmm. There are layers to this onion. But yeah. I had no clue it was a musical, and I... I actually well, the, the I actually give it to my wife to like join me at the movies and watch I'm like, yeah, they say La La Land's supposed to be good. <laughs> and then it opens up with a song, and I'm like, oh yeah, this, this is fine. And then like 10 minutes oh. in, another song, and then two minutes, another song. I'm like, uh-oh. I look over at my friend, he looks at me like, I'm so sorry. But it was a great musical. <laughs> it is. I mean, it won a shit ton of awards. Oh, I yeah. Oh, yeah. I, turned over, I turned over Leaf really quick as soon as I uh, realized Ryan Gosling's character was super jazz-focused. I'm like, oh, okay. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Also, no, I... like, the movie makes... I want to say homage to a lot of like cinema, like talking about Barbie again, um, homage to a lot of cinema that came before it. Like the whole opening of the movie is a reference to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, I remember that. Um, that was, uh, was pretty they, good. They bring up like the Godfather at one point, but they kind of do a an underhanded sort of thing with that. Yeah, yeah. Um I don't know. Like, Scott, out of 10, what do you think you would rate the movie? Decimals allowed? Out of 10? So, um, I had a good time with it. I, it it's still, I, maybe a 7? Like, uh, somewhere between, like, See, I, I did really enjoy it, but at the same time, like, I, I'm not putting it up there, like, near, like, my all-time favorite movies or anything. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought it was solid. It just, at the same time, uh, at the same time, like, I see what it was trying to do. Like, I know, I know where they were going with it and, like, the message and everything. Uh, my thing is, like, they're giving this like message of empowerment and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I, I still couldn't get past feeling like it was a very much still, uh, a, a corporate cash grab. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, welcome to the Mattel verse. Exactly. I'm just like, yeah, oh, this God, is still, we can get to that later. Dude, hot, the hot wheels movie is going to be awesome. You can't JJ <laughs> Abrams, hot wheels movie. Oh, dude. I don't think I'm even looking Let's forward to another movie views. for the rest it's, of my life. This, this is like where Marvel was like quite a few years ago. Mattel's coming in. Mattel's coming in hot. The Mattel oh. cinematic universe. I'm here for it. I will completely sell out for a, we're, a, we're gonna, a, toy, we're, a toy line. Well, apparently we're, Mattel only got interested in making movies because they were like, look, you can make shitty Transformers movies and they will always make money. Mm -hmm. So, like, we can do that with yeah. our toys, right? Oh, we need our Michael Bay. Well, and I'm, I'm just like, yeah, we're just kind of like an Avengers level movie where it's like a Barbie, Hot yep. Wheels, whatever else yep. crossover. What else is under Mattel? 
Oh, I, don't who, who, I was gonna say who knows anymore. Uh, Uno. Oh hell Magic yeah. Magic Eight Ball. All right. They you got like on fourteen in. movie ideas. Oh wait, do they? They have Masters of the Universe. Okay. Mm, they don't have Masters of the Universe, do they? That's that's it's under films produced by them. Oh no. I have the power. God, hasn't He Man been shat on enough lately? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, it is. Masters of the Universe is owned by Mattel. Hell yeah. Oh, boy. We're going to have like a He-Man Barbie crossover. Zac Efron as He-Man. Or Prince Adam, I should say. Yes. And then you're going to have you're gonna have Ken and He-Man. <laughs> They're going to be cutting up out there, you know? Seth Rogen voices uh, his cat. <laughs> his cat. His cat talks. They fucking oh, would, too. And it would be Seth Rogen just to <laughs> piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they, uh, they have uh, Polly Pocket, too. Oh, that'd be a great movie. Who owns Cabbage Patch? So, Girls? immediately leaving the theater, I texted uh, a couple friends of ours. Because I was like, have y'all seen this yet? And they were like, nah. And... Uh, leaving the theater i was like the parts i really liked i really liked and the parts i really hated i really hated um what, what were some of the parts you hated let me just gloss over what i liked first ryan gosling everything to do with ken i thought was solid uh did y'all hear that bark anyway uh like I just feel like the scenes that were good were the ones that had Ryan Gosling in them. And if Ryan Gosling wasn't in the scene, it suffered for it. Um, Bring me I mean, back to Ryan. I think that this is probably obvious, but like my first issue with the movie is all the politics. Like it's deeped in it. Um, it almost makes it impossible to like critique the movie without being called some sort of ist. Uh, Scott, I have a question for you. Uh, what do you think of the Asian Barbie? Um, I don't. I don't recall there there being an Asian Barbie. That's something that Film Threat pointed out to me. I didn't think about it, but I was like, oh yeah. There wasn't one. So, like, even with their push to make this, like, a super diverse movie, they still missed, missed the Asians. And I guess they now, thought Simu Liu as Ken was enough. Now, see, I'm going to disagree with you because I don't feel like it was that politically motivated. Now, I feel like there was a feminist push to it. But uh, my thing is, like, Barbie has always been diverse. There's been a million different Barbies. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's necessarily a push to be inclusive or be diverse just for the sake of it i feel like that's just the nature of barbie it's always been like they've already always done that for the toy line yeah but i mean like so, that's for the toy line for the movie they didn't have like a front and center asian barbie though which is something well, yeah. to be considered you know no that's that's fair but that's just one but i mean like the rest of it it i i still like i feel like having you uh, one, various you different more. i feel like having various different barbies the that's just like the nature of the brand. They have always done that. Um, so I don't know. Watching it, like I didn't. Well, feel... I'm not saying that like, oh, they made this big push and then like they uh, failed or something. It's just like even. Mm -hmm. 
like I'm not critiquing the Barbie line there. I'm critiquing like the casting of the movie. Does that make sense? Okay. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I expect there to be one of every kind of race as far as yeah. like depictions of Barbies. They didn't have an Asian Barbie, which yeah. uh, the guy that brought it up on Film Threat, he is Asian. And he's like, I, he brought it up because he's like, I learned a long time ago that diversity matters unless it's my people talking about Asians. Um, and then he also expressed some frustration that the only Asian representation in this movie was stupid Ken. Oh, it, I mean, he was he was like the uh, the antagonist Ken, the like anti Ken. Because obviously, like you're geared to to root towards Ryan Gosling's Ken, and yeah, yeah. But the, Ryan Gosling is also the one that's self aware enough to have the existential crisis that kind of drives the movie. Like him, mm-hmm. his existence being in crisis. Uh, Barbie, her existential crisis. Um, mm-hmm. I actually thought that that was like a good idea for the movie was the like the existential crisis of Barbie and Ken uh, was like pretty good and fun. I felt where that was driving the movie. That was pretty good. Um, the nuance in how each character is treated, though, in the resolution of the film, I feel like that kind of fell off a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, I also don't get why, like, romance is anti-feminist. Yeah, um, yeah. It, the the dynamic between Barbie and and Ken was interesting. I, I guess I kind of get where they're trying to go with it. Um. Uh, yeah, uh, that that was one thing. I was like, uh, I don't know why, like. It's also like try to make it clear that they have feelings that they're meant to be together, that they're supposed to love each other, but then like they're not al- allowed to be together or something. Yeah, it, it, it was it, that one. That one was kind of weird for me. I, I do get the message they're leaning towards, which is like obviously like a women empowerment thing. Like you don't need a guy, but at the same time, I, I get it on the the male side of it. Was kind of like yeah, Ken. Even though like you're you were invented as almost like an accessory to Barbie. You, you can yeah. be more than that. And Greta um, Gerwig, when she was talking about like her thought process going into this, she said she wanted like a reversal of the Garden of Eden story where like hmm. God makes Adam then takes a rib, makes Eve. Uh, yeah. So I guess she wanted to do like a God made Eve God being Mattel here, I guess, the corporation. Um, The corporation made woman. And then, like, to please woman made man as, like, an accessory, you know? Yeah. Because I think that's even... That might have been, like, a line in the movie is, like, Ken is just an accessory or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he he really... and. Again, you go back to the brand. He really is, and that's. I think it was. It, it's really funny to think about it because it's kind of like 
like you have Barbie and obviously you have like Barbie's dream house. Like you have all, they live in their own dream houses and they have like, yeah. And then it's the, never the, explained what the kins do. Yeah. It's like they have, they have the Barbie cars. They have like all of this stuff that's theirs. And that's very much like how the brand was like you had Barbie and you had all these accessories for Barbie and then you had Ken, but like Ken didn't like Ken came with like, I'm sure his own accessories and stuff. Um, but I don't think they ever like explicitly made like almost like expansion packs is what Ken's I, I, I view them as. Exactly. So like he didn't really have like those things. So like, yeah, it's like Barbie and all of her stuff. And then it's just kind of like Ken, who's like Ken's an extra. Home. He's like a thing. He's like a that extra accessory to Barbie. Now, obviously, the male like, placeholder. Yeah, yeah. And I, obviously I'm not an expert on the brand. I know I know of like Barbies and Ken's from like my sisters having them. Um, and like, they had like quite a few of like the different toys and stuff. So like, I'm not an expert. I don't, I don't know for sure that they didn't make like extra things for Ken that you could buy. And maybe that changed over time. But like, from when I remember back in the nineties, it was very much like Barbie and her stuff. And then you had Ken. Yeah. Um, oh, we also didn't bring up the budget and box office for this, which is supposed to be the transition. So, uh, budget about 150 million. And as of today, Thursday, Thursday after its first weekend, uh, it's sitting at 495 million, which is like pretty resounding success there. Yeah. Um, all right, back to what we were talking about, though. Uh, I don't know, like maybe a third, two thirds of the way in the movie, whenever you get this, like you're getting this feeling that the Kins are this like oppressed class kind of in a way. Like, oh, they live in this matriarchal society and there's nothing for them to do and they have no freedom. I started to think like, oh, are they going to like kind of subvert expectations here and do like a... The the Kins need a feminist type movement. And they, they did, but then it's resolved in like the... I mean, honestly, I just think it's resolved in, like, a terrible way. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say, like, as far as, like, the plot and, like, the writing goes, it was just kind of, like, it, for me, it felt kind of boring. Um, just being, like... When it was story, it was good, though, right? But then, mm -hmm. like, the rhetoric is just a brick. Yeah. Yeah. Because about, but... like, for the final act of the movie, uh, it's the whole plot crisis is resolved with the human woman and Barbie land mm -hmm. uh, essentially just like monologuing for yeah monologuing to each Barbie in five minutes that that was kind of like uh, it just felt it felt like a boring resolution uh, yeah. it's everything um I also thought it was a little weird that it was like, oh, to get power back, you have to manipulate men. Oh, oh, with, with like the, the beach that where they're like trying to make all the Kens jealous and Yeah, and that whole fight thing each was other. just like, oh, we need to manipulate them to cause infighting so that we can essentially steal the power back. Yeah. And like the resolution in the end isn't equality. Yeah. It's, uh... So it was like a weird message because then you're like, okay, well, if you apply that lesson to the real world, isn't that kind of saying? Yeah, I think I think more so they were using it as a, a mirror to like current society of like women are still uh, 
trying to come up, obviously, like, game seats of power within politics and, and whatnot, which is kind of, I think, where they made that jab of, like, the Ken's got one seat within politics, like a senatorship or something. No, they got, um, a, they got, they said they might give them one judge in a lower circuit court. That's what it was, yes. One judge in a lower circuit court. And then I think the, the voiceover mentioned like oh and then they like eventually because they, they do mention they're like eventually uh, kens will work their way up to like full equality or like whatever i think it was it was slightly mentioned in the by the voiceover person um yeah that like they would they would work their way up right. so i think that's what they were they were using it as of like oh a mirror of the way that women have been oppressed by society and and continue to work work their way up so but yeah that was like the uh, i just it, feel it, like all the political aspect of it was like muddled and at times hypocritical i guess yeah because like it, if the desire is equality and then your resolution says no get back in your place and when you apply that to the real world it's like oh no don't give don't yeah. give women equality put them that, back in their place that's what it felt like it was saying yeah i can i can feel that where uh you know they're they're kind of again trying to mirror society well if you if you think society is so terrible why are you trying to mirror it in a way um yeah I don't know, and and again, it it, it was uh, th I caught myself many times, kind of being like, I'm I'm watching this. I get the message you're trying to spread, but I just can't get past the fact that like this is definitely just like the whole purpose of this is to grab money, like like these like the the actors and actresses like they're just getting paid an obscene amount of money to be in this movie and and like. The company's trying to make profits as much as they can, so like, yeah. Which uh, kind of brings me to the other side of this. Um, I mean, I've already heard the grumblings of the internet being like, "This is an aggressively feminist movie. It's it's misandrist. It's you know, like all these things where mm -hmm. you know they're like." fairly conservative takes like i think yeah your general conservative watching this is gonna go this is bullshit you know yeah. um i think that your more moderate liberals are also gonna be like well this is like egregiously heavy-handed with its messaging mm -hmm. um i am kind of interested to see how well the box office carries because obviously it had a huge weekend it's been having a pretty big week. Yeah. Um, I know that people in larger cities have been struggling to get tickets for it, which makes me think that it, there's probably going to be two or three weekends where this thing just like kills it. Yeah. It's been, um, it's been packed out here. Um, as far as it goes for like getting tickets. Like I looked, I looked at like a couple different showings when I went yesterday. Um, and every one, there were only like, like I, I went on my own, so like for me it was easy because there were just like a lot of like different, just like random single seats available um, uh, for seating there. And then other than that, it's like you have to sit in the very front row. Um, so yeah, it seems like it's it's been pretty booked out this entire week. Yeah. So, 
Um, I do want to say, looking at Rotten Tomatoes, uh, they are showing the verified audience score currently of an 86% versus the all audience score of a 74%. So a 12% decrease as far as yeah. audience score goes. Um, critic score. what it was when I looked at it on Saturday as well. Yeah, critic score is a just a 1% swing between all critics at an 89 and top critics at a 90%. So, yeah, I still think overall solid movie. I just like, think just it, it could have been better if they hadn't dumped all of the political stuff in exposition, right? Yeah. If it had been worked into the plot so that it more organically led to a more like meaningful resolution. I think it, it yeah. would have been more efficient use of, of that messaging. Yeah, I, I'd say in that regard, it felt very surface level. It, it felt like, yeah. I I mean, and I'm straight up, Ken's version of the patriarchy just looked fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, just guys and horses. And then in the movie, when his patriarchy's going on, Mattel's like, holy shit, we're selling the fuck out of these things. Talking about the, like, the Ken's Mojo Dojo Casa House that's or house. whatever. That's exactly what I was like, oh. so dude, that's I would have bought it. For. It literally, Ken's Mojo Dojo Casa House. Yeah. He basically takes a Barbie dream house, puts uh, like the saloon style doors on the front, and then puts like a super big screen TV in there. And then there's... Yeah just the constant video of like horses uh, running playing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's also got like he's got like fucking like the foosball tables and shit all around yeah and then like for the opening of his song the bedspread is like a horse comforter and the lamp in the room has horses on it on the lampshade like i don't know it was like an interesting way to portray the patriarchy as this like beer commercial version of the world um that was actually relatively harmless. Yeah. Like, like in the real world, you get people doing like more like not okay things, you know, like that one dude running up and like slapping her butt or whatever. Um, which just being realistic here, like I don't think I've ever seen something like that happen in real mm -hmm. life. Someone uh, just like slapping a stranger's butt. Yeah, I've seen it a few times, and like it where? Usually doesn't. Usually, uh, I've seen it like being out um, or like going to shows or festivals or anything. Obviously, uh, you I was know, say like maybe some, festivals yeah, where people yeah, are like, like you, drunk or on drugs. You know? Yeah, you get you get just some. Well, or you just get literally dumbass guys. Because um, like I've seen it out at bars and stuff, and it it. It usually ends badly for for the guy um especially like i've had it done to friends before and like it would, like we'll be out in a group and me and any other guys are just immediately at the throat of whoever like the aggressor yeah like and like no that's one's... kind of what i would expect right is like uh some sort of policing of that behavior by individuals around right which is what typically happens right yeah yeah well i was like i mean she was just quick to defend herself i mean she literally that happened she immediately turned around and punched him in the face 
Yeah, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Tom, after hearing all that, you got any questions or thoughts about what you've heard? <laughs> I don't know. You guys are scaring me with this political mumbo-jumbo. I just want to watch a movie about a blonde girl. <laughs> Dude, I, I just say, want to live in a Barbie world, dude. I will say Margot Robbie in this movie is uh, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Don't worry. If I got to watch it on mute, I'll watch it on mute. <laughs> I've done worse, soldier. God, dude. Uh, all the feet stuff, though. Feet? All the know. feet stuff. Red alert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, red flag foot aversion warning hold on what it's the whole the driving point of the plot is that barbie one day wakes up with flat feet rather than her pointed her pre-designated high heel feet makes sense yeah. you know what makes sense that, that's how she knows shit's going wrong yeah so yeah yeah that and her imaginary milk spoiling and Falling out of the Barbie dream house. Yeah. Just, you know, your typical. Just little girl things, haha. Fake, fake doll <laughs> things going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I feel like I can't give it more than a 5 out of 10. Yeah. Just because, like. Heavy handed. Kind of like when we were talking about Solo. There are scenes that I really liked. But then the overall movie, I thought wasn't that good. Dude, if they just turned on the lights, <laughs> just just one guy. If they just had one guy on key light, and they're like, "Hey, shine it on the fucking stage." What? Like, just goddamn. Yeah. I yeah. I love I love that critique. Whenever someone says I like solo, but it's just too damn dark, I can go on that tangent for for years. Yeah. No, I uh, I I think. I gave Barbie my rating because I went into it as just, uh, hey, this is literally a face value entertainment movie. I, but it's uh, made by someone that calls themselves an artist. So, dude, I'm gotta... I'm turning off all fucking critical thinking in my brain when I watch this movie. That's that's 100 what I did. Uh, so, um, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> that's no. in all good conscience. I cannot do that. My brain is always the scalpel. Yeah, I went I mean, into it just being someone who has like done acting and stuff like that, like not at a high level, obviously, but you're kind of like watching these things. You're looking at like, well, how's the script put together? How do these things affect each other for the overall product? And like there are certain choices that really, really work in this movie. Like every time it's whimsical, it's really fun. Like even I mean, you can pretty much draw a direct line of comparison between this and Elf right because it's like people living in a fantasy world and then they take a weird journey to the real world and then in the real world uh in elf you get all these like fish out of water type things which they're trying to do in barbie damn yeah actually that is a very similar comparison yeah and then you've got will ferrell the bridge between oh. the two holy the bridge shit. between the two <laughs> holy shit and it my really issue is just... comes in is like uh, Will Ferrell in Elf, when he gets to real world, meets his dad, who's like real businessman, right? And yeah. then it's like the two of them meeting in the middle to like have a father-son relationship, which lends the movie this like heartwarming message. Whereas in this, 
Barbie gets to the real world and all the, you know, business guys are like cartoon versions of business guys. Like there's a Scooby-Doo chase scene. Yeah. Uh, they don't know how to get through the turnstile to leave the building. Um, it, like they're a cartoon depiction of men, right? Yeah. So I almost feel like... Like there's just two different tones in the movie that do not mesh. Mm-hmm. And the whimsical side of it is really, really good. And the non-whimsical side of it is dragging it down. I feel like it could have been this like heartwarming, uplifting for women story. And the fact that it's that to a degree is good, but I think it could have been better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. From I, I did hear a lot about like uh, just women going and seeing it and just being like, wow, shit really kind of sucks. <laughs> like, like it's more no. so a reminder of like how shitty things can be for them rather than like, a, you know, like you said, a heartwarming, uplifting story or something in, in that regard. Yeah. I'd like to hear what a lot of ladies think about it because I really don't think I've heard any opinions from anyone uh, I know. Yeah, uh, my girlfriend's going to see it actually right now. She's going. She got an E thirty showing, so she is. Uh, I know a huge the theater right now. Scotland. I just have not been able to get their opinions, but yeah, there were no rants and raves. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to discuss it. I'm going to discuss it with her when she gets done with it tonight, and see her take on it. Yeah, and like so. I posted a few reviews in uh, that general chat. Um, the last one's a pro take. The one before that is Eric Kane, who writes for Forbes. Uh, the one before that is an actually pretty interesting video because the title of it is How Mattel Rewrote Toy History to Put Barbie on Top. And it's from a YouTube channel named MJ Tanner, T-A-N-N-E-R. And it just kind of talked about doll history and how there's actually a lot of... Like, this movie kind of pushes the narrative that Barbie was the first um, women's, like, fashion doll, right? Yeah. Um, and that by depicting her in all these different jobs, that it uh, it told women that they could do whatever they want. What they didn't mention, and they get into this in this video, is that um, Barbie was actually based on a German toy brand they had a fashion doll, which if you look at the early version of Barbie, it is a direct rip of this Lily doll. And Lily was shown as a like a corporate office girl. And like she's working in a office. Mm-hmm. And there were, uh, I think there was a live action movie. There was comics. There was all sorts of stuff for this Lily doll. Mm-hmm. And when they finally found out about Barbie, they tried to sue them because they had straight up ripped their product from them. And uh, Mattel at this point was like a multi-million dollar corporation and just absolutely flounced them in court. Big bang, take a little bang. Um, yeah, so that's that's an interesting kind of dark side of the, <laughs> the Barbie story. Um, but there were other like fashion dolls in America which were actually 
they did some interesting marketing stuff with them. Like they'd use them for marketing other products. And like, instead of having like a woman as a model in an advertisement, they'd have one of these fashion dolls as the model in the advertisement. So that you're like marketing a couple different products at the same time. It was actually pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, I'd, I recommend that. Um, film Threat, I think me and Film Threat were definitely, I think they had some different complaints about it than I did, but uh, both of us kind of came around to the, the same side there. Um, that said, my girlfriend, Shelby, she really liked it. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it, again, I think it's good if it, if you want like a turn your brain off, like just watch something entertaining. And again, like my favorite parts, I think you agreed with this. Maybe it's just us being men, uh, you know, enjoyed Ryan Gosling's parts. Yeah, the, us the, being the musical. firm participants in the patriarchy yeah you know yeah it's not so bad that that's that's kind of like uh i've seen the tiktoks of like i use uh, my manpower whenever i can (laughs) yeah there's like tiktoks of girls being like me i've seen the barbie movie it's like mascara running down their face they're like my boyfriend who's online trying to order his i'm knuff shirt dude i fucking i would love to cosplay ken (laughs) i i I told Casey, I was like, after you see this, I'm, I, you know, I'm totally down for us to do, you know, a, a Ken and Barbie thing for Halloween. Dude, the big Sylvester Stallone uh, faux fur coat. Yeah. The, With the, the bandana. Like, lightning bandana. The, yeah, the freaking sunglasses. Good. Like, absolutely. I'll even start doing ab workouts again for it. <laughs> Got three months. Yeah. We're coming up on it. So yeah, uh, five out of ten for me, seven out of ten from Scott. Um, film threat, although not the three in the review that I referenced, the actual film threat article uh, gave it an eight out of ten. So huh. it's divisive, which is a good sign that it's either a piece of art or that Ryan Johnson made it. So <laughs> yeah, it's not very nice. Ryan Johnson tried very hard with his fucking movies. Ryan Johnson fucked up Star Wars so bad that Star Wars then fucked up Solo so bad that they actually had a movie flop. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man. He made Looper. How is he supposed to lose? Did you like Looper? I haven't seen it. Wow, <laughs> Scott, you you're haven't gonna, seen either, gonna... have you? Looper, yeah, I've seen Looper. Oh, okay. That that's the one with uh uh fuck, what's his name? Joseph is it the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Gordon-Levitt, Gordon-Levitt and, and, Bruce and he's Williams. like, yeah, and like one of them is tracking down the other, and it just ends up. Oh wait, I don't want to ruin it for Tom. Oh no, I know. Oh, that it just it just ends up being him. It came out like fifty years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, the 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 twist is that it ends up being him from the future, like mm-hmm. hunting himself down or some shit, right? Yeah. yeah, and his old man beats just... up his younger him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw it. It was a fucking forever ago, and I, it's uh, again, it's probably just as forgettable as Solo. See, other, I, other than other than whoa. the plot twist. Solo's forgettable. Yeah, yeah that's pretty forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
just because you mentioned it like right before we started uh tom what do you actually what are your thoughts on solo besides it's too dark and forgettable i really liked it (laughs) (laughs) i really really liked the movie oh my Um, god like it might be my favorite thing after disney acquisition i don't give a fuck do you think Um, it's a better movie than rogue one so I have a lot of uh, a lot of opinions that are rooted in a lot of staunch bias. I'm dying on the hill. Rogue One is blasphemous. Rogue Rogue One literally started started the evil ancient the satanic ritual that is what we have now for sure. When you have the audacity not to start your Star Wars titled movie without the stupid yellow letters floating in space called my crawl. You're sacrilegious. You're already you're already pissing on sacred ground. Even is that, the silly is that better than the, the stupid silly, little bits of lines that come out before solo? It is even, a lawless time. The oh, criminal oh, underground oh, fights listen, over hyperfuel. Listen, by the time solo came out, I was checked out. I was <laughs> I was merely there to be a butt in the seat to say like I did it. Um I was really excited um I was really excited when the the was it the the Russo brothers who were the the Lego Movie guys? Oh, uh, this is in my notes. One second, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Yes, when when they when they were starting the solo movie, I'm like, I oh. think if they had finished the movie, it would have been a good movie. I thought at least it won't be taking itself too seriously. It's about damn time we have ourselves a fun little adventure with our favorite smuggler and his dog co-pilot. And guess what? Childish Gambino gets to try his best to be Lando. Sweet. Awesome. Like, oh man. How his, is it gonna miss? How is it gonna fail? Up, but his accent is all over the place. Oh, in that I movie. did. So that was the thing. Everyone loved. Uh, oh god. Is it Donald Glover? Yep, Donald Glover. Okay, yeah, Donald Glover. Okay, I, I, I was like, who's Lethal Weapon? <laughs> who's Lethal Weapon and who's Atlanta? <laughs> Which is why I usually just call him Childish Gambino. <laughs> I usually call him Childish Gambino, and I call the I call the other Glover just Lethal Weapon. Because if you don't know who Mel Gibson is, <laughs> that's on you. Who's Mel Gibson? Dude, who's Melly Gibbs? And how you, did he you get know such what? a name? Do you know what I found out? I f- Andrew, I found out today... Mel Gibson is Mad Max, right? No, he made Jesus. Well, I... <laughs> that thing in there. That's not the case. But no, he's Mad there. Max, right? He, oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tom, of all the lines to pick from that movie, why that line? That's my favorite. That's my favorite line in the whole movie. Oh, man. I... <laughs> you know, because I watched it just the other day, and I just kept thinking to myself, the chief would make the perfect live action uh full metal alchemist uh what's his name the big dude with the golden mustache oh armstrong armstrong yes was it lieutenant armstrong or something like that he looks exactly like him yeah god dude and for like every part of that movie where he's like i think he's like shaving or watering his plants at one point and he's got like his shirt off but he still has his like police leather pants on I'm just like, that's him. That's that's Lieutenant Armstrong. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> no shirt on, full flex. 
just like man's man of a man. Also, Scott, you haven't seen Mad Max yet, right? Not the originals. No, I haven't. All right. Very tonally different from Fury Road. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I've heard good things. Well, yeah. Well, you just have to go into the first one knowing that it's a very different movie from the later ones. The, absolutely. The, the same the same guy who recommended I watch the originals at work also recommended me uh, two other movies. Uh, mm -hmm. Future World. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've watched that. Uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Apparently, James, he, he said it's not super great, but he said kind of enjoyable. James Franco, a very similar oh. kind of aesthetic or vibe to Mad Max in a way. Mm -hmm. um, Bronson. Bronson's oh, amazing. Have you, you haven't dude. seen Bronson? I watched Bronson I with a pinch sciatica and Bro. I went insane with him, dude. Uh, I was writhing on the floor asking God why he was doing this to me while Bronson is yelling, come on, you fucking cunt, at the security guard to put the uh, shoe Just after he's lubed himself up with the butter? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, Dude, this scene where he that. lubes himself up with butter and then takes on, like, six dudes is yep. the funniest part of that movie. Because I was like, I was not expecting full dong in this movie. D full... <laughs> Oh, Tom Hardy, just, just Tom fucking Hardy. hanging. Damn. Tom Hardy, butt ass naked, lubing himself up with butter to beat up like he's just six a whole hog dudes. out there. God damn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Find I'm pretty the sure there's like so they can't so they can't get his hands on him. Never gonna catch me. There's like a from behind, like the camera shot that I is. Oh, I'm, I'm in my almost positive they get him on the gooch too. I'm pretty sure they like pull him by the dick. Yeah. <laughs> To be like, stop fucking fighting. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but like Bronson was a real dude who was like fucking yeah. oh, Charlie insane. Bronson's the man. Yeah. Yeah. So that was recommended to me. So Actually, that's on my I'm, list too. I'm sorry. He, I'm pretty sure he goes by a different name. I'm pretty sure. Didn't you recommend Waterworld to me? Is that you? Andrew? I have not watched Waterworld since it was probably on like TNT or one of those other channels like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, someone recommended Waterworld to me. Oh no, he's back to Charles Bronson. He I was think... Charles Ali Ahmed for a while. But Waterworld's amazing. Don't listen to what anyone tells you. Waterworld is one of the sickest MGM movies ever. MGM or Universal has a live action Waterworld uh, event kind of thing where they do like a condensed version of the movie and like, I don't know. 30 minutes maybe oh. it is fucking cool there's like a whole plane crash and everything i want to say hollywood studios does something similar and it's it's like an action show yeah yeah that i i it's think like i've seen things. something similar yeah but this one was Mot like motorcycles going all over the place but this was water sports yeah and then they show you how they do it right and there's like the one car that's actually built like the body of it is in reverse but it drives full speed backwards it looks like and they're like the way we did this yeah. was that we have this guy dressed in a backwards uh driver's suit and uh the car is uh made to look like it's backwards so that he can go full speed and drive very safely <laughs> oh and you know what the, the, so the other two movies recommended to me are escape from new york and escape from la Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Oh. Escape from L.A. is like 
So you can't watch them back to back because you're you're gonna be weirded out. Yeah, you're um, like, what the fuck? Watch Escape to New York if you want to watch like a cool John Carpenter movie that's like like John seventies ish. But I mean like yeah. it's right in John Carpenter's groove. Like if you like John Carpenter stuff, the more like sci-fi like adventure fun time it takes itself seriously. i would say less fun time i was gonna say yeah definitely takes itself more seriously uh escape, Leaf from, Leaf LA. Is in it. escape from la absolute kooky so let me very campy way. yeah escape from new york has lee van cleef in it and um ooh, isaac hayes is the main bad guy who is the voice of chef um but it takes itself very seriously and this is how i'm gonna parallel it escape uh from la has Steve Buscemi, and she is and, Kurt Russell's and taxi driver. Bruce Campbell, okay, who's playing like a mad plastic surgeon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Bruce Campbell is in it. I'd watch anything with Bruce Campbell. I even watched the uh, all three Spider-Mans. Uh, no, I. What? It was like Bubba and Elvis versus the dead or something what the fuck is that movie called uh someone in dale versus evil rick and dale versus evil one second bubba hotep oh. you ever heard of that no no it stars bruce campbell as elvis presley now a resident in a nursing home the film also stars Ossie Davis as Jack, a black man who claims to be John F. Kennedy. So it's having fun, to say the least. Oh, it's it's low budget and very silly. <laughs> um, the whole thing takes place in a retirement home. Um, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I just I just think it's interesting how so Escape from New York is taking place so so it was put out in 1981 yeah taking place in 1997 new york city mm -hmm. and then literally escape from la is released 1996 like right around that same time that they were projecting this movie to uh -huh. when escape from la is put out yeah. oh yeah is that is that on purpose is there like is there a reason for this listen john carpenter knows how to have fun I mean, have you not seen Big Trouble in Little China? <laughs> no. Holy okay, big fuck, trouble, dude. Big we're going to have to watch China. through like all the freaking John doing, Carpenter movies now. We're doing the John Carpenter discography. Here we go. <laughs> is, is this <laughs> our new one? We're, 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 going, we're going from Star Wars to John Carpenter now? Uh, we might have to. Oh, Apparently, I haven't seen any of them. I, I haven't. No. I don't even oh want my to God, do Halloween. I'll do Halloween. Big Trouble in Little China. I will uh, watch. I'll watch the thing. Big Trouble in Little China on command anytime. Uh, what's what's the one with the sunglasses? Oh, they live. Amazing. They live. Listen, the three of those are like the epitome of John Carpenter. Yeah. Because the thing is actually fucking spooky. Like there are scenes in that that are like, oh, that's fucked up. I, I tell people the thing is my favorite horror movie. And then Big Trouble in Little China is like the campiest, just made to have quotability movie that you've ever seen. You know, an old Jack Burton say at a time like this. Who's Jack Burton? Me! <laughs> what the fucking boot knife? That movie made me want to buy a boot knife. Oh, uh, 
I replay that scene over and over, and I think I the first time I saw it, I laughed five like five times. It's hilarious, though. Also, a movie that features the heavily Asian cast. Well, you'd like to think so. Learn something, Greta Gerwig. <laughs> <laughs> no, Big Trouble Little China actually had a predominantly white cast. That would be funny. Just white people playing Asian people? <laughs> well, that would be racist. Or at the very least, in poor taste. I mean, it's been done before, Raiders of the Lost Ark. They sure did, didn't they? Yeah, some of those Nepalese goons were uh, white guys. <laughs> What's Spielberg supposed to do? He should have known better. <laughs> you should have fucking known better, Stephen. You should have done your fucking better. research. You should have gone around you town. Fucking asshole! You should have known better. So okay, so now that we've gone through that, uh, do you want to get into the the other? movie we watched fury road the one we fury told road. people we were gonna watch last time yeah all right mad max fury road 2015 i love that movie i, I, love I absolutely it. love it i fucking love that movie. movie yeah like just talking about on like the elements of film like the visuals are stunning almost every single shot the comp the shot composition in that movie is flawless like, the fact that they, they put out a black and white version of it just goes to show you how important the shot composition and the lighting were in this movie. Which is, yeah. like, to say nothing of the the action, the world building, the acting, the characters, like, the sound design. Like, it's... Tom, I know you haven't watched it and you can't remember anything except the car chase, which is the whole movie. Okay, but... listen... <laughs> Um, can you at least remember my favorite character who is... If it's fucking witness me, guy, I'm going to dropkick you next time I see you. No, no, it's... Okay, Nick Holt? Yeah, if it's Nick Holt, I'm going to dropkick you. You don't like no, Nick Holt? It's, it's not that I don't like him. It's that if he's your favorite character, I'm dropkicking you. No, Why don't you like Nicole. the beast, dude? My my favorite character... Down. My favorite character is Guitar Guy. Okay, that's the part... The guy number two, so you don't get... Who's he married to? You don't get dropkicked, but you get... Who, Nick you get you get a swift kick to the shin. <laughs> who you're asking who Nick Holt is married to? No, no the, the guitar, guitar guy. guy from. Uh, <laughs> Do, is he like Co. a known actor? No, uh, Riley. I don't know how to say her last name. Cough. K e o u g h. She's another actress. Wait, he has an. He's known as the Coma Doof Warrior. Yeah. I had no idea that's what he was called. But dude, but. like the way they blend his music in with like the actual soundtrack of the movie. That was good. And yeah. I, re I remember liking that a lot. Yeah. And the way that all of that combines with the vehicles and the ambient sound of the environment, like you could just listen to that movie and and be oh, thrilled yeah. the entire time. I, I just remember... Uh, seeing that and being like that is so absurd and over the top and i fucking love it like it's very orky right like 40k orky yes i, I literally i i was having that exact like while i was watching the movie today because i haven't watched it since i like ever like got into 40k lore like like looking at like 
you know, looking into anything 40K. Like I had, I didn't even really know what 40K was the last time I watched that movie. So looking at it now, like I remember watching them driving and like watching like the car chases and being like, this is like literally them just like yelling war is like orc from 40K. Yeah. I, and that's, that's a pretty apt comparison and pretty fair reason why I suppose I have such a distaste for like the post-apocalyptic, uh, like that punk Genre? side of it. No, just, but just that, the, that Raider car punk, everything's metal and jagged and I don't really like it when you don't like that aspect of it. No, it's just it's not something oh, that I'm about. It's uh, not. It's not it, that I liked. It's I not... freaking love it. So the part where they're Hammer, fighting I on the freaking orcs, car. You know, well, I don't play orcs either. I got space marines. I'm I'm a blood angel boy. <laughs> if I ever got back into it, if I ever bought an, another army, it'd be orcs. But I would never want to. I like painting green, huh? Yeah. Always that have. Sucks. Always will. Green, green brown, sucks baby. to paint, dude. <laughs> Does it suck as much as white? Because let me tell you, trying to paint Tau. Dude, after painting my my snowtroopers, I got no issue painting white. You just have to have the right paint for it. That's fair, yeah. Also, a real nice trick for painting, if you're having issues with coverage, mix a little bit of ink in with your paint. Uh, uh, so buy like a white ink and mix that with whatever your uh, white paint is. If you want like a really white white that has coverage. Yeah. Uh, same thing for yellow. If you got issues painting yellow, find yourself a half decent yellow ink and and blend them. Fair. Yeah. Paint happy trees. I I just remember the first time seeing Mad Max Fury Road and absolutely loving it, and watching it today, I still fucking loved it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a point. Like the turning point, literally the turning point where she turns off of the road to Bullet Town or wherever, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of like, "Oh, shit's kicking up." Yeah. Because then you got like those raiders coming through, and they're all speaking Russian, and you're like, "Yeah, it makes sense that there'd be Russian people that like fled to Australia," you know? Yeah. Um. And like all of the world building, like the worshiping these machines, almost like the sign of the V8, Nux having the the V8 engine scarred onto his chest. Yeah. Like the war boys, these like Half-Life war boys, uh, Mm -hmm. these guys that have nothing to live for, but are, you know, like capable combatants until they die. And actually it's better to, to go down in a way that, you can sort of choose well and it's i love how they they intertwine like the like norse ideologies into it of like going to valhalla and yeah dying an honorable warrior's death on the field of battle and like yeah um i I even like the the like chants when they're like setting up the war rig the like war boys god man oh yeah it just it appeals to my uh, Mojo Dojo <laughs> Casa House, <laughs> the Mojo Dojo Casa House in me. The like the chants, 
the the symbol of the V8 with the fingers uh, interlaced. Uh, the picking your your war wheels wheel off of the the like shrine, like all of that is just like so fucking cool to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, the movie itself is just. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it feels like it's just action constantly. It's just constant action, like from the get go. Like it doesn't feel like the pacing is just. I, I felt like it's amazing. Like it just keeps going and going. Oh yeah, and it's visceral too, man. Like every time, uh, like the combat happens, you get those like hearty explosions. Or uh, even when Max and Furiosa are going at it for the first time, and she's like swinging that wrench overhead at him and like beating the car door uh god each one of those feels like it could like one hit is enough to fucking kill him you know and it is like in this franchise it is it's not something that like yeah dances around uh damage or wounds or anything you know it when things hurt they fucking hurt <laughs> yeah at the end of the movie when she's like shivved in the kidney and then God, man. That like is, the, the that violence is in Don't this. both of them get the shit beat out of them throughout like the whole movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, was, wasn't this Charlie's Throne? I'm just going to get the shit beat out of me in every movie? Because Atomic <laughs> Blonde was the same way. Yeah. Like, I loved Atomic Blonde, but she was getting the shit beat but out it's, of her it's for two cool hours. But it's cool because it's realistic, though, right? Like, I don't know. I think I'd give up after a rib or two. <laughs> and I'd be like, you know what? I'm going the fuck home. Yeah, but you weren't raised in the fighting pits. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I am soft but yeah i mean and she's a cool character like yeah they don't and, shirk from like showing her as as a woman being put in these situations yeah and i think that that was one thing i, I think i wanted to mention is is i appreciate the uh the kind of relationship they gave um max and furiosa like in in the movie um it's like that that distrust until like I don't know, very very distrustful at first and like having to work your way up to like being like, okay, this person's got my back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean him giving her the gun in that one scene. Yeah. Um, they they do a good I, I both Tom Hardy and Charlie Theron, I think, do a great job of acting and conveying that with just looks, like not even using words yeah. or dialogue. Like they're conveying it with their looks. Like, like you can see it when he hands her the gun. Like he gives her a look of like, okay, can I, I think I can trust you with this. Well, because um, he can't talk like, for like half the movie, right? Yeah, he barely. I, Dude, I mean, he, has he has hardly any lines because he's yeah, like he like heavily no experiencing PTSD the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, great movie. And like the redemption too for for all these different characters, right? Like you got Nux who wants to go out in a blaze of glory. And when you're watching the early part of the movie, you realize that like all these lies that they've been told to like give them this like religious zealotry yeah. um, is, is actually empty, right? Like you're not dying for a purpose. You're dying so that someone else can can stay in power and keep oppressing the people around them. And then whenever he chooses to die in the end he's dying with purpose he's dying so this these this little group of people that he you feel like he's come to love and there's even that like burgeoning romance kind of that gets cut short and is like tragic and, and beautiful um 
he's he dies for that. He dies for that as an ideal, which is like a meaningful and purposeful death. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. And then Max is tormented by these images of the dead that he's had to, to leave in his wake, basically. All these people he hasn't been able to save. And he gives these people a new life. You know, he, he plants a seed. And you see that as a motif as well, like planting seeds. Bullets are seeds, or bullets are anti-seeds. Like, it, wherever you plant them, the thing dies, you know? Yeah. Uh. God, man, it's just, it's a beautiful movie. And, like, thematically beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, that line itself, I didn't, I, I don't think I caught any of the first times I watched it. And this time around, I did catch that, that line. Um. It's also like I'm not one to typically watch a lot of stuff with subtitles, and I did watch it subtitled this time just to like kind of hone in more so on what they're saying in the lines being delivered. Yeah. Um, so I think that helped catch that, um, especially like with the chanting and stuff at the very beginning. Like sometimes it's hard to like hone in on exactly what they're chanting or like what they're saying as they're preparing the war rig. And so like I was able to like more hone in on that and like really, yeah. really grasp what was going on. I can't hear without my subtitles, man. <laughs> yeah but like god man that's another point where like the world building is just phenomenal because when all of these you know war boys die they do the witness me and they mm -hmm. uh the sign of the v8 and that kind of stuff but then like when the what is it like Vo vovinari or whatever the like mothers when they die at the end, the people who witness it, they, they do that hand motion of like taking them with them, right? Like yeah. the memory, the memory of your life, I will always carry with me is kind of like what they're saying with that. And it, again, is a point where meaning replaces the meaninglessness of the V8. Yeah. God, man. And just like people as characters and machines as characters, like... Dude, the screams of the engines, you know, like hearing them push to their limit, like the the people are. Uh, you know, if you blow your engine, you're not just killing the machine, but like we will all die as well, you know. Like yeah. when they're doing the nitro off at the end, uh, blowing nitro into the engine, and I mean, Furiosa has that line, like "Don't blow my engine." <laughs> And then they end up blowing an engine and it means potential consequences, you know, for all of them. Yeah. God, man. And the deaths in this movie are just fucking visceral. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, uh, the, uh, the one scene with the, uh, the one guy, the, uh, a bullet town. Uh, well, yeah, that one's pretty good. That one, that one is very, uh, that was very satisfying. Um, oh, yeah. And, and then I, I just think of the, uh, um, our, our bullet town boy in his like treaded car. And then he, uh, you know, Furiosa shoots the, the spotlight blinding him. And then he's doing the whole scales of justice thing. And he just like, it, it is kind of, he gets like that on screen death or that off screen death where, you know, Max just leaves and is like, I'm going to go take care of it. And you just hear an explosion yeah. and see the light, which is playing on the, the Mad Max tropes because, spoiler alert he does that in other movies but you watch the whole thing you know and it kind of glorifies yeah. that action whereas in this 
it's it's kind of seen as like a violent unhinged action because you don't see it and whenever he comes back you're like what the fuck happened yeah <laughs> I, I just um co- but also covered in blood carrying a shit ton of guns yeah but also that scene where she shoots the light out and it literally blinds him and he's seeking blind justice is an apt message right like even just that scene is telling you something like even if it's not like a greater theme in the movie that idea of blind justice harming people like that's something to take with you into the real world like that's a god that's a heavy message Tom, did you say you just thought of something? I don't know. Oh, my bad. God, man, yeah. I just love that movie. Yeah, I think it's I think it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I always, it's always been up there. So, oh, it'll, up it'll there? remain up there. Yeah, it's up there on my list. Like in the constellations. <laughs> I mean, in your movie Zodiac. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tom, yeah. what would your major complaints with the movie be? We all get one. He hates the aesthetic. He hates. He hates the the. Uh, hate, spiky... hate, is a str- hate is a strong word. I'm just not about it. It's not he's, up my alley. He's repulsed by the spike. Repulsed is not the right word. <laughs> I just. I really do think you love it, or I don't hate it, but in this case, I'm just not enamored with it. Because that's the thing. I, I feel like the people who... There isn't anyone who just likes it. Everyone who likes it loves it. Like, they love the Mad, Ma- the Mad Max aesthetic. And I'm yes. not that big on it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that cause, I'm, And that it, it's a very unique post-apocalyptic... It's not that unique, I guess. I mean, a lot it's of defining. Really it's definitely defining. It. I was going to say, Mad Max is definitely defining of the post-apocalyptic era, especially uh, cars and gasoline and like I was gonna say, did, the shortage did they, of all that. Did they kind of start that? Did Mad Max yes. kind of start that whole... Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, the very next movie, Road Warrior, or not very next movie, after Mad Max, Road Warrior is like entirely about uh, gasoline. <laughs> the road. Yeah. yeah about motors i will say the f- the first mad max definitely it's like a drama of- dude like you really have to watch it like you you want to you want to get to know max a lot then you yeah. and that's the whole part of the point of the story because then when road warrior happens you're like oh man what happened to you max yeah. <laughs> well i mean and then thunderdome shows great Thunderdome Thunder literally... sets up Road Warrior really well, though. Well, because... So here's the thing. Matt, the Mad Max, the original Mad Max trilogy is almost so much like Star Wars because Mad Max sets us up perfectly for Road Warrior. And then we just cap it all off with some Ewoks and Thunderdome and have a good yeah, time. Yeah, Thunderdome gets silly. Thunderdome sure. is such a return of the Jedi, it's not even funny. Like, Road Warrior is the Empire, but the original Mad Max is just so goddamn watchable. You could watch Mad Max 1 and be fine. Just as you can watch A New Hope and be fine. Yeah. But if you double feature Mad Max into Road Warrior, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. All right. That, that's the plan. I'm going to do it. Because, like, Mad Max is a very contemplative movie. Like, 
it's throwing some pretty big ideas at you and it does subvert uh-huh. the idea of a hero because i mean spoiler alert the name of the movie is mad max like what makes max go mad yeah and is it insane or is it angry you know like how measured is the response well almost what would you do yeah and the answer is this is exactly what i would want to do (laughs) but also scott i don't know if you know this or not but immortan joe is the toe cutter Uh, what the guy who plays immortan joe is the toe cutter What's that? You'll know. Whenever you start watching Mad Max, you'll know. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, like, he, he was in, like, the originals? He was in the, the first one, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. I got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look up where to where to stream it right now. Uh, I watched it on Tubi for free. Tubi? Bet. Oh, yeah, it does say, like, it's, it's there with ads. Yeah, and the ads weren't egregious either, so. That's why, so, like, I watched Fury Road off Crackle, and it it had ads, and it's just, like, you'd you'd sit through, like, one or two, like, short, like, 20-second ads. Yeah. Every now and then. Um, So so I didn't look up what the budget or the box office was for Fury Road. Uh, I know they're both pretty good, though. Um, Mad Max? I had two different dates. I don't know if it was, like, released somewhere else earlier and then came to the USA later. Um, it was made on a budget of three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Damn. And I... it netted eight point seven five million. And the crazy thing is, when you see we're all, what what do you say? Three hundred thousand dollars, basically three three seventy five. Three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Where you see so... where it all went, you're like, God damn, they made a movie with this. Fury, Fury, Mad Max Fury Road. Had a budget of a hundred and fifty million dollars. Um, it only opened to forty-five million. Like yeah, opening, but it weekend. got good word of mouth, so I think it carried for. Um, three hundred and seventy-four uh, million is where it ended worldwide. So, yeah. which damn that i i feel like that is like i feel like it's being underrated here i feel like it is too because wikipedia is saying it got 415 million maybe that's like sales uh after theater no it's saying box office 415.2 million that's interesting I mean, either way, that's enough to be a success. So, yeah, success. Yeah, I mean, it made more than double. More the than all female clan is the Vuvalini, by the way. Vuvalini. Vuvalini. Enough. Huh. But yeah, uh, Mad Max, three hundred fifty thousand dollars, got eight hundred seventy-five million. Um, Road Warrior was made on 4.5 million Australian and pulled 36 million US. And then uh, Beyond Thunderdome was 10 million, pulled 
pulled 36 million. Hmm. So, and then he was going to make another one after Thunderdome, but of like his best friend or like a very good friend of his died while they were shooting it. And he Damn. just like ceased production, basically. George Miller, who has done all of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Damn. <clears throat> well, I know they're, um, They've already wrapped filming on Furiosa, and it's supposed to come out May of next year. Yeah, and it's got Anya Taylor-Joy as her, right? Yep, yep. Anya Taylor-Joy will be playing Furiosa, and then also Chris Hemsworth will be in it. What are these doing? Yeah, they they don't have uh they don't have like his um his role listed. Okay, they don't have who he's playing. I so imagine no he'll probably be the villain. Potentially, yeah. Because there's got to be a villain, right? Yeah, and I can't remember who else they had for it. Let's see. <clears throat> Tom Burke is going to be in it. Which one's a Burke? Tom Liam Benedict Burke. He looks like he'd be the villain. Oh, Nathan Jones. Who is a WWE wrestler is going to be in it. Oh, hell yeah. See, that was my favorite part about a lot of these movies is that they got people that are like big dudes. Like, Oh, uh, he, he's the dude. He's the dude who played Rictus in Fury Road. Yeah. He's yeah. he's going to be he's going to be in Furiosa. Yeah, I mean he's probably playing the same character, right? Uh, I don't know. If they don't. I don't think they have it listed either. I mean, he'd have to be because eventually she's got to come into the employ of Immortan Joe. Yeah, true. And they can't show him because he actually. I think he died. He did. Yeah. Uh, they have the the dude who played the organic mechanic, the like the guy, the, like the doctor guy in Fury Road. He's returning in his same role. Mechanic, hook up my blog bag. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I am excited for that because uh, yeah, it's still uh, Nathan, George Miller shooting it, right? It is, yeah. And then yeah, yeah, Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones is returning as Rictus. So, but yeah, uh, both Chris Hemsworth and Tom Burke they do not have listed. Um, as who their roles will be. I had a beautiful baby brother, and he was perfect in every way. <laughs> yes. The classic God, man, they make line. that. Uh, they make the. What did you call him? The something mechanic? The organic mechanic? Yeah. They make him so gross. He's like hacking a rope in, and he's got like drool coming out of his freaking mouth <laughs> down into his beard. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah. I do have uh, one final kind of topic here okay so this is kind of a think piece I've trying to been put together well I like thinking but it's the issue of the Hollywood remake AKA the cinematic ship of Theseus. Are you guys familiar with the ship of Theseus? No. It's a, uh, 
what would you call it? Like a philosophical dilemma or something like that? Um, oh, okay. So the idea is basically uh, if you have the ship of Theseus, right? Which was the ship that Theseus, the Greek hero, sailed on. But over time, the pieces on it rot. Uh, so like the, the decking goes bad. So you replace the decking or the gunnels go bad. So you replace the gunnels. The, the sail it's, gets a tear. It's the concept of replacing all of the components on like an object. Is it the same object? Yeah. At what point? Yeah. Is it the same object or at what point is it no longer the same object? Um, and Snow White last week had me thinking about this. Um, like at what point are you no longer telling the same story right when you change how the character looks when you change how the character acts when you change the choices the characters make when you change the character's motivations like at what point is it no longer the same story yeah um yeah i think i saw this because i saw an interview with uh uh, the the actress for Snow White, and then I think it's is it Gal Gal Gadot who's playing the the witch, the her evil the stepmother, whoever, yeah, whatever. Evil there, there was an, an interview with them where the actress who's playing Snow White and, and was just like something about like oh there's no like there's no Prince Charming or Huntsman or whoever that comes and kisses her and saves her like she's like an independent she's gonna she's gonna be she's gonna go rule on her own and like she doesn't need a man and it's just i, I think i i saw that's the a comments integral story to snow white is that she eats the poison apple it's yeah, in, the in her mouth true, the true love's kiss has to wake her yeah and like so like Prince the huntsman Charming. comes and fills that um and yeah that's like the integral that's part of the whole story and so i think i saw like comments of people being like okay why the fuck didn't we just make a new story if we're this is the if this is the like what we're trying to like convey or what we're trying like the story we're trying to tell why not just write something entirely new why are we trying to retell and yeah, and remake a story completely different than how it was initially yeah or like talking about the new little mermaid like she saves the prince in the beginning of the movie purely out of altruism uh, it's the right thing to do, so she does it. She saves him. They happen to fall in love. And at the end of the movie, he saves her. And it's like this storytelling bit of, you know, rhyme in that, like, he saved her, and now they're on, like, equal footing, you know? And they can have, like, this nice romance and fall in love. Um, but in like the newest Little Mermaid, like she, they change it so that like she saves the day at the end of the movie. Like she wins, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and like the story kind of suffers for that, right? Like because you don't have the same story beats. Yeah. Well, it also doesn't help when you add an hour's worth of extra nonsense <laughs> to the story. And yeah. and again, I I just think in general, I think. Uh, just doing live action remakes is fucking stupid and we just need to move away from that dude think like, of the Mulan movie without Mushu it was amazing <laughs> wait the the newest Mulan movie where she's got the most powerful key 
Oh, I didn't even see it. As soon as I knew Mushu wasn't team. in it, I, I, I wasn't going to watch it. It didn't wait, have to be Eddie Murphy. Wait, 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 wait. Mushu wasn't in the new Mulan, the live-action Mulan? I don't think so. Like, not even a blip. Like, not even, what? like, as an animated snake that flies through the air. Like, I don't I don't think Mushu's in it at all. I think they, they try their best <laughs> to stick to, like, the historical actual Mulan. Which, but then they gave her, like, kudos. spiritual superpowers. I don't. I didn't watch it. I just heard Mushu wasn't in yeah. it. He, yeah, he wasn't. They got rid of him. There was no Mushu in the... Oh my god, what kind of pork am I supposed to order listen, now? Listen, I, I, I stick to my guns. Once I hear something... God. I'm in the trenches. And then you hear about them, like, thanking towns for shooting them, for allowing them to shoot, like, right next to... What is it, the Uyghur uh, concentration camps or whatever? <laughs> god, man. The things Disney does to get a few Chinese dollars. She shoes, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, that's just kind of what I've been thinking about, you know, as like, we're changing these stories that have only lasted as long as they have because they kind of speak to the human condition, right? Like most people want to fall in love and start a family and live out their days peacefully right and that's you take these characters that have like a darker tragic backstory and you just want them to have a happy ending and disney did really good at giving them that because whenever you look at the original like fables and folklore and stuff like that most of the time they aren't they're dark they're like hey do what your parents tell you or the fucking witch is gonna eat you <laughs> <laughs> Also, your stepmom's evil, but that's a different issue. <laughs> yeah, we'll solve that one later. Being adopted's hard. Being adopted <laughs> is hard. Yeah. I don't know. So that's just something that's been like on my mind and bugging me with these remakes. I I just think we need to move away from the remakes. So well, Tom, if you uh, hate post-apocalyptic stuff, does that mean that you're not going to watch oh, the new Twisted Metal series? <laughs> not going to watch the new Twisted Metal series, dude? With a with uh, Anthony Mackie, with uh, Anthony Mackie and Samoa Joe? I I might not. So jot that down. <laughs> <laughs> I I might I might owe it a viewing, just to see. Um... Oh boy. Shit. What's it coming out on? Like Paramount, I think. Is Calypso the clown? Which one's the clown? Uh, the clown is uh... coming out on Peacock. Needles Kane, often referred to sweet, as Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth, yeah. Sweet Tooth. Yeah, he's the John Wayne Gacy stand-in. Oh, Will Arnett's voicing him. Will Arnett is voicing him. Perfect. I do like whenever Will Arnett voices the kind of like gravelly low kind of characters. Like uh, Lego Batman, I believe is Will Arnett. Yep. So wait, so Samoa Joe is playing Sweet Tooth, but Will Arnett is voicing him. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think that's fine. Yeah. Um. I actually watched an interview recently where they were talking about. Uh, oh, that's how that, that came out today. It started coming out today. Yeah, it, it aired today. 
Oh shit! I'm gonna watch the first episode oh. for next week. <laughs> I, I, all episodes came out today. <laughs> They've got all, all ten episodes. Holy Here we go next shit. week. Next week, Twisted Metal. All ten episodes, or else. Fucking, <laughs> let me write that down. Twisted Metal. <laughs> Is that or are we doing Twisted Metal? Are we doing just doing the first episode? Or are we doing as uh, X amount? Watch like five episodes. <laughs> Five episodes. Okay, dude. So we're gonna do half well, the, half the the season. Are they are well? I mean, even if they're thirty and one hour, doesn't really matter to me, I guess. But if they're thirty minutes, I could we could probably do all ten. Uh, how long are they? I don't know. It doesn't have a runtime on here. All right. So if they're hour long episodes, we'll watch the half of it. Uh, we'll talk about the first half and if it sets anything up and how we think it's gonna pay off. And the week after that. If yeah. we're not like, this fucking sucks, I don't want to do this. <laughs> 64% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yikes. What do you think for audience score? 30. Uh, 55. 88%. Oh, what? God, the fans know it's yeah. What? <laughs> the people have spoken. Oh, no. The, the Sony stands. Yeah. This is for all my days on PlayStation. Granted, very few. There's only 50 plus ratings right now, but 88 oh percent, 20, 28 critic, 28 crit critic reviews at a 64 percent. I'm honestly surprised there's that many critic reviews already. Yeah. I bet on. I bet IMDb says how many, uh, how long each episode is. Probably yeah. Yeah, I couldn't find it on here. Oh no, IMDB has it at a 7.3 out of 10. Ah, oh, heck, it doesn't tell you how long. 30, 30 minutes, 30 minute episodes. So, I can't ten believe they dumped all 10 episodes in one day. Yeah, 10 episodes, 30 minutes each. Hey, oh, they, they know what we geez. want. They know we, we want to binge. Well, you know why they do that, right? No. It's it's to pump the streaming hours. Uh, fair. So mm -hmm. everyone who wants to watch it typically will binge it. And so they'll be like, oh, and it's opening week. It got like uh, three million views or We're whatever. Peaking. You know? Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, honestly, as long as it's not like dog shit and I haven't checked out after the first five episodes, I'll probably watch the whole thing before next week. I was also thinking about watching um, that newest Transformers because I think it's out on Hair Mount. What? Watching what? The new uh, Transformers movies. Rise of the Beasts or whatever. Ew. Do you like Transformers? Do either one of you like Transformers? Nope. I hate Transformers. Um, but do you hate them because of the movies or did you ever watch any of the shows growing up? I didn't. Okay. I did not. But I don't like the movies. Okay. Tom, what about you? I really like the 2007 Transformers movie. I was 12. It's not my fault. <laughs> um, well, I think the first 
the first one wasn't bad. It was like a good introduction to the like world of it. Yeah, it was it was cool and I kind of knew a little bit a little bit about Transformers. The um I think I was kind of had my finger on the pulse when the War for Cybertron was just coming out like of the newer animated series because I remember there being action figures mm -hmm. and there was like a, a giant Cybertron action figure of like the whole planet I'm oh, pretty, sure, pretty sure it could like fire a gun or something I don't know like that's all I knew and then I watched the 2000 Transformers ooh and the Space Shuttle Transformer when the Space Shuttle Transformer came out I thought that was cool yeah he's from the original series I didn't know that yeah <laughs> Uh, um, and Motorcycle Transformer, the purple one. Don't know who that is. But I had that action figure. No, he might be the one in this new movie. My biggest gripe about the new one is that it's uh, Pete Davison voicing one of the main characters. Oh, uh, yeah. Optimus Prime? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a uh, Mirage. Okay. Is that a Ron Perlman voices Optimus Primal? I didn't know that. <laughs> Do you guys know who that is? I don't nope. know who Ron Perlman is. Ron Perlman oh, is I, the I know original he, he's Hellboy. Uh, Hellboy, yeah. Yeah, I said I know that. I, I thought you were asking if I know who Optimus Primal is. Oh, I know who Optimus Yeah, I asked Primal if you is. know who Optimus Primal is. Oh, no. He's no. basically Optimus Prime, but a gorilla. Oh. Oh. So for the uh, the Beast Wars stuff, he was like the Optimus Prime character. Mm. God, you guys don't know anything about toy movies, do you? Yes, you, you guys lack culture. Scott's seen fucking Barbie, but he hasn't seen Transformers. I've seen Transformers. I don't like Transformers. Yeah, you saw it, but have you seen it, you know? Did you really watch it with your two eyes? Is it eyes? seen? <laughs> I'm not feeling hey, very hey. seen right now. Uh, you know what? You know what toy movie is the best? Fuck, what was it? Um, Small uh, Soldiers? Yes, yes, small soldiers. Yes, such a good movie. Unironic. Have we talked about this on the podcast before? Small soldiers. I don't think so. Oh, dude, I rewatched it a few months ago, and I was like, you would not believe the cast of this movie. Oh, I know the cast in that movie, dude. All like, stars. All the soldiers are the guys who played the Dirty Dozen. Mm -hmm. Uh, all of the like. All of the, I, I don't know, the monster guys? The Gorgonites. Like, the Gorgonites. All of those are, like, good actors. Uh, Spider-Man's girlfriend from the old Spider-Man movie is, like, one of the main characters. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> old dolphin teeth. Come on now. I'm sorry. That's mean. I, right I take it back. I retract. I retract. I retract. <laughs> uh, on behalf of the Bad Pipes podcast, I'd like to uh, Redact. apologize to our... Redact. Um, Thomas for for Tom's misogynistic comments about if, I mean what? Kirsten Dunst's teeth. It's not it's, it's mean. Um, it's not misogynistic. It's just mean. Tom, why do you hate women? <laughs> well, damn.
<laughs> now we get the real reason why Tom hasn't seen the Barbie movie. No, I'm gonna go see the Barbie movie. <laughs> well, you I want it. to see the Barbie. It's your, movie. it's your reparations. Yeah, I owe them. Pay <laughs> your women that much. I owe them that much. You piece of shit. I uh, yeah. Um, all right, so next week, Twisted Metal, I'll probably come in hot with a review of Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Um, I'm, I'm going to watch Mad Max, all of them. You will watch, you're going to watch all of them? I'm going to watch all of them. All right, then I will also finish off Road Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome. Sweet. All right, and I guess Let's that's it for it. this week. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, yeah, first, first time Short caller, time. First, time first guest, first, first guest, I, I guess. First guest, kinda? first guest. Yeah. Well, apart from Isaac, a few months ago, but yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, yeah, I think. It, well, I think Isaac was more of a, a stand-in for for me. Yeah, yeah, he stood the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better boy. Um, as always, thank you. If you got this far, thank you for listening. Sorry Subscribe to our rainbows. Patreon subscribe to our patreon if we get three patreon subscribers that'll pay for us to keep hosting our podcast <laughs> boom uh buy our merch we don't have merch but if but if you guys did have merch where would you go uh would you have a would you have a red bubble red bubble shop i was gonna say probably red bubble okay I'm gonna design. Someone, I'm gonna design. No, no, hold on. Someone go make the red bolt. Go make the bad pipes profile so that they have to buy it from me. Really I'm quick. going. I'm going to design some merch. We're gonna start selling merch. Yeah, we're gonna get your Mojo Dojo Casa House shirts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, Everyone else is banking on making the I, I'm Knuff shirts. We're gonna make the I live in a. a Mojo Dojo. This is my Mojo Casa Dojo Casa House. We <laughs> <laughs> literally give people a free template to just draw their Mojo Dojo Casa House. Not in my Mojo Dojo Casa House. <laughs> Whatever you can draw on Microsoft Paint, we'll put on a shirt. Uh, as always, music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Yes. Um, we Thanks, would like Carl. to reaffirm that we we all uh, respect women, <laughs> and that Tom's views are not representative of all. No, of no, <laughs> you didn't even know her name. Uh, Tom, do you want to do you want to come back next week for Twisted Metal? If I watch Twisted Metal, I'll come back. All right, so he might oh. be back next week, fellows of the internet, or we'll have a new guest. Or we'll have a new guest who respects women. Dude. Or maybe no guests. Maybe or maybe no guests because we're us. sick of it. Yeah. Maybe Tom was too much. I've been told that before. Gotta put him back Damn. in the closet. I've Damn. been forced there before. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel now? Uh, much love to all our people who've listened to this point. Um, good night and I love you.